Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Amen? Amen. Again, if you're a visitor, welcome. Um, So glad that you guys are here today. We are going to talk about, everybody say, fight the fight with light. We're going to talk about fighting the fight with light. Um, I was really uh, stirred this week. One kind of started at our men's Bible study on on Thursday morning and kind of derailed me from where I was going to talk about and got me onto something. And then there's a funeral that we went to on Friday for a good friend of ours, Pastor Dennis Turner from Christ Church. We had prayed for him, and he's the senior pastor at Christ Church. He passed away. And so um, we were going to go to his funeral on Friday. And so I was driving to the east side, and Christ Church is about as far east as you can get before you hit, like, China, okay? Um, I kid you not. It feels like it's forever. And e- I mean, it's east side. It's just, it's far, right? And I'm driving there, and I'm almost a little bit late. I said almost, not wasn't late, almost a little bit late. And all of a sudden, I'm like a mile and a half. I know where Christ Church is. I'm about a mile back, mile and a half back. And everybody starts hitting their brakes. And I was like, oh, I'm stuck in traffic. Somebody must be up there. Somebody must have had some, you know, kind of an accident, fender bender. So I kind of do the little swerve out, swerve in to see kind of what's happening. And I noticed when I swerved out, swerved in, every blinker was on for a mile to turn into Christ Church. And all of a sudden, I'm in this line full of people heading to the same place. And I I, I pull in, their parking lot is full, their their grass is full, I mean, everywhere on this church location is packed. People from all over are coming in, it's outdoors, they couldn't do it indoors, and it's it's really a celebration of life for who was beautiful, beautiful. But I was absolutely amazed at the number of people that weren't from Christ Church that were there. Everywhere I looked, I'm seeing pastors and leaders in the city. Everywhere. I mean, I, I saw dozens of pastors and leaders in the city. And, and I'm like, what are you doing here? And like, what are you doing here? I said, Pastor Dennis had an impact on me. Pastor Dennis had an impact on me. We wouldn't be in ministry if it wasn't for Pastor Dennis. And I realized that everybody came because this man's light shone brightly. And I thought, oh, Jesus. Out of all the legacies that we could have, that's the legacy that I want right there. You see, Pastor Dennis poured into so many people in the city, and he poured into so many leaders in the city, that I believe all of those people were there to say, Pastor Dennis basically lit himself on fire with the Lord, and everybody just come to watch him burn. Little John Wesley, amen? And I say that because I felt like after that moment and just kind of where I had been in in the week, the Lord kind of brought my heart to a place of going, how do we take on the days that are ahead of us? How do we take on, I feel this weight as a pastor, shepherd, one of them in the church, and there's many, I feel this weight of going, there are days coming that we're gonna have to take on. How do we take on those days that are ahead of us? And I'm just gonna tell you right now, just if we're Bible people, the days that are ahead of us are gonna get a bit dark. How many of you guys believe that? Is it, it's what the Bible says. So the days that are ahead of us are gonna be a bit dark. So there's a response then in the church that we've gotta take on these days, not in the ways of our flesh, but in the ways of the spirit. So how do we do that? And I feel this like intense burden in me to go, this is what I wanna do. I want to inform us in the church how to, ba- how to battle the days ahead through God's word more than through social media. 
or, or just the knowledge of that. I want to battle the days of head by going, God, what's your word say, Father? I want to battle the days of head by going, God, what does your word say about this? I want to battle the days of head from, from the heart of the Father and not through just a bunch of ideas that are out there. So, so, so what do we do then with that? How do, really, how do we fight the good fight of faith? And so what I was stirred for this week is that we're, we're in for a fight. There's a fight. Your, your battle, there's a battle coming. And, 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 and scripture tells us that. It's not like, oh, your, your battle, there's a battle coming. is not against flesh and blood. There's a spiritual war coming. It's here, and it's going to just get turned. The, 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 the heat's about to get turned up. So there's a fight coming that we're responsible in the church as believers to war against. It's just that we're responsible to war against it in the ways of the Lord. So how do we fight the fight in the days ahead? And a couple weeks ago, we talked about um, we are supposed to have a blessing culture. Do you guys remember that? We're supposed to have a blessing culture. So one of the ways that we fight is by blessing and not cursing. I got to tell you, ever since that day, the Lord has been wrecking me because I am not good at blessing. Amen? It is so easy for me to be irritated with people and say, not God bless you, all right? And so there's been this like, I'm like, God, why is this so difficult? And he goes, because you walk so much in the flesh. And I'm sitting here going, well, you would know, right? <laughs> I mean, there, there is like this thing where when I, and, I'm, and, I'm, and it's, it's like I get around a group and it's so easy for me to want to battle in the flesh. And in my flesh, you've got to learn to battle through blessings, you flesh. And God's going, in that same way that, that you've got to learn to battle through blessings, you also need to learn to fight with light. Light is one of the most prevalent themes all through Scripture. From Genesis to Revelation, you will see this theme of light. In fact, the opening chapters of Genesis are this. And the world was void and empty, and God spoke and brought light. In that moment, the whole of Scripture and really the foundations of the world were set. The world was void and empty, and God speaks light into the void and emptiness and separates darkness from light. And in that moment, what we see in Scripture is that you are a person of light or you're a person of darkness. Because then at the very end, the bookend, Revelation, you got Genesis, you got Revelation. At the very end, it describes what heaven's going to be like in the new Jerusalem. And it says there will be no need of moon nor sun because the glory of the Lord, the radiance of the Lord will light up where we're at. So he bookends all of scripture with light and then all through the middle, he's going to reference it constantly about being children of the light. About Jesus being the light. So it's a big theme throughout Scripture. And Paul's going to jump on this in a lot of his letters, like in Philippians 2.15. Here's what he says. That you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of. Somebody say midst of. In the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. In the midst of means you're not checking out of the crooked and twisted generation. You're in the midst of it, but there's something going to be different about you. In the midst of the chaos and the twisted and the crooked generation, there's going to be something different about you, which he says, among whom you shine as lights, or some translations say you shine as stars in the world, holding fast to the word of life. I believe that 
God has put on us that in the midst of this darkness and that darkness that's still yet to come, that there's a way in which we can war and it's by being children of light. Do you believe that God is the same God yesterday, today, and will be tomorrow? Here's an interesting thing. We talked about this in our men's group. And uh, uh, in his presence, you will shine. Here's how I know that. In Exodus, you'll see this portion of scripture where Moses words, show me your glory, (laughs) the Lord. And if you remember, Moses says these words, show me your glory. (laughs) In the Old Testament, when you ask for that, he gonna bring it. Show me your glory. And the Lord goes, oh, Moses, if I pass by, you better hide your face in that rock because I'm coming. So Moses hides his face in the cleft of the rock. God, in his radiance, has to turn his backside to him, slip on by. And Moses, from that encounter, will come down from the mountain, and it says that his face was radiant. It literally glowed. It actually glowed. So much so that he had to veil his face when he was around the people because they were freaked out by it. Now here's the cool thing, church. In the New Testament, the glory of the Lord, the radiance of God in Christ Jesus fills up uh, us up. And the question is, are we glowing where people see it? Are you glowing? Because I believe that according to what Moses did, he had to veil it because there was still the fear of the Lord Because Jesus had not yet come, so it was like, oh, God's going to scorn us. But now that we have Jesus, it's time to unveil our faces. It's time to bring a a knife to it. I was thinking about, you know, that old saying, bringing a a knife to a, a gunfight. We're bringing light to a darkness fight, and we will win. When people ask you, what are you going to do when things get really tough out there? Bro, I'm going to shine. When people ask you, what are you going to do when things get rough? Bro, I'm going to burn with the Lord. Brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Here's what we know from Genesis, that first section was void and dark. The Lord speaks light and he separated light from darkness. At that moment, there was darkness and there was light. There was no middle ground. This is why Colossians is going to take this theme of darkness and light and it's going to use it for you and I. In Colossians 1.13, he, Jesus, has delivered us from the domain, from the rulership, from the authority. He's delivered us from what we were once in, the domain of darkness, and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, who is Jesus Christ, who is light. You've been transferred out of darkness. You've been moved from that place of void and emptiness and longing and nothing satisfies. You're full of light. From that place to the one who satisfies all things, you've been moved. You're full of light. So, you're... Today, you and I, we're either partnering then, if this is the case, we're either partnering with darkness or we're partnering with light. And Matthew 5, 16 gives us a good test. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. There's this uh, German... Atheist philosopher that many people know, his name's Nietzsche. You guys heard of Nietzsche? He's an outspoken atheist, and he once said these words. If he saw more redeemed people, he might be more inclined to believe in their redeemer. 
This atheist Nietzsche, outspoken, not a believer in any ways, outspoken atheist says, if I saw more people redeemed, then I might be more inclined to believe in their redeemer. Here's what he's saying. If I saw more people actually walking in the light of who they declare as their redeemer, I might actually believe that he's the redeemer who can change all things. And I'm telling you today that I believe that by the power of Jesus and the world saw more believers that were actually transformed by the power of Jesus and full of his light, more people would come to the Redeemer. I've been uh, in my heart, I'm just going to be honest with you, just be honest with one of our family. It's easy for me to want to slip into fear. Anybody? Can we just be honest with one of our family? Slip into fear a little bit. And the Lord just keeps reminding me, why in the world are you afraid of darkness? John 1, 5, the Lord's reminding me. I know we've shared this before in here, but you're, there's never a time where darkness is going to go, I'm stronger than you, light. I've never walked in the sanctuary and flipped on the light switch and all of a sudden the darkness goes, I'm going to cover you, light. It's never happened. I flip on the light switch, the darkness is gone. It's never been a battle when the lights come on. There's never been a battle of the darkness going, I'm going to get darker than your lightness. It's never happened. Because the moment that the lights come on, the darkness is just gone. And the Lord's sitting here in my heart, he literally reminds me, he goes, heart of going, am I walking in the lightness? And all of a sudden, this war in my heart of going, Am I walking in the light? Think of the psalmist's words in Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I what? I found this so interesting as I was processing this word. Uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I'm like, why didn't you just say the Lord is my salvation and whom shall I fear? Isn't that good enough? If you're my salvation, isn't that good enough? Isn't that what I'm hoping for? That I just want eternity with you? Isn't it enough that I've just got eternity with you, Jesus? That if you would have just said, the Lord is my salvation, in whom shall I fear? Why did I need to see the Lord is my light and my salvation? And I felt like the Lord says this in at least my life. I felt like the Lord goes, there's two things here. There's my salvation and there's my light. I do not fear death because he's my salvation. I do not fear darkness because he's my light. So for you today, it's not just about the Lord is my salvation. He is. You've got an eternity with Jesus Christ. But while you're here in the midst of this darkness, he's your light. From whom shall you fear? There should be something that burns in all of us when we begin to hear these words, the light, the light, the light. Because in 1 John 1, 5, John says, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. You see, he's getting our hearts to this posture of going, are we walking in the light, or are we walking in the darkness? I don't want to get all revelation on you. <laughs> But if you just look around, I don't know if Jesus is coming back in 100 years or 10 years. People, sometimes people will be like, you think Jesus is coming back tomorrow? I don't know. <laughs> right? I know, that, I know that the Father knows. And I know that one day the Father will whisper to the Son, crack open the eastern sky. I know that when he says it, Jesus is coming on a white horse. 
right? And I know that when he comes, there's a sword coming out of his mouth. And I know that when he comes, hallelujah, I'm going with him. But I don't know when he's coming, but I can tell you this. He does tell us to look at the signs of the times. Morality is on the increase. People have argued these things of like, oh, yeah, this happened. I know that immorality is on the increase. I know that the wars and rumors of wars and all sorts of worldly disasters and all of these things are happening. And in this moment, I know a God that's saying it's time for the church to get passionate for him again. I want you to hear what I say. It's time for the church to get passionate for him again. And so what I feel in my heart is that as darkness is increasing, it's time for us just to simply get brighter. It just is. It just is. We have to shine if we are the bride of Christ. Isaiah 60 verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It isn't about you and me. It's about the glory of the Lord is upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. Look what he says. Thick darkness, the peoples. Not just darkness over the earth, but thick darkness over the peoples. I stopped there. I'm like, Lord, what does that mean? There's darkness in the world, but thick darkness over the peoples. And I was reminded, times I'm just thinking, has this age, little g, Satan, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Because sometimes I'm just thinking, has the world lost its marbles? How does it not see how we see? Or if you're very, you know, like me, right? I'm like, how does it not see how I see, right? <laughs> kind of thing. And all of a sudden, I realized that in this moment, the darkness, thick darkness, has covered the peoples. But look at this. Everybody say, but. Say, say but like you. Mm, but. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. His glory will be what? seen upon you and the nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising lift up your eyes all around and see they all gather together they come to your sons shall come from far your daughters shall be carried on the hip then you shall see and be radiant now this is a prophecy of Jesus' coming and that the people of God in this time the Jews the Israelites people of God would shine in their radiance but the beautiful thing about the New Testament is we've been adopted in this is for us today. It's an Old Testament prophecy that Jesus fulfilled for our time today. And we will be radiant, prize and shine, and we will see, and we will be radiant. Proverbs 20, 27 says, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. Church, church, how do we fight with light? We need the perspective of seeing light over darkness. And where our hearts and our minds dwell, where our hearts and our minds live, so we will also be. If I'm focused on the darkness, I'm living dark. If I'm focused on the light, I'm living light. Where's your perspective at? There's a singular focus that needs to take over in our life. In Psalm 34, it says, those who look to the Lord, look to the Lord. I'm not looking to the earth. Those who look to the Lord, I'm not looking anywhere else. Those who look to the Lord are radiant, and their faces shall not be put to shame. It's time to unveil the faces, church. Amen? It's time to take the veil off. It's time to show the glory of the Lord. 
It's time to light up this planet. It's time to not back down. We are in, I found. We don't shrink back. Time to fight with the light. We don't back down. We don't shrink back. We just fight with God's weapons, and God's weapons are his light. It's time to fight with that singular focus. The enemy wants me to get sidetracked. I know that. This says this in Matthew 6, when he's talking to me to be fixated on everything else that's happening around me. And Jesus says this in Matthew 6, when he's talking about where your treasures are. Where do you find the most valuable things? Where are you storing up your valuable things at? Are you storing them up? Is the lamp of the body. He uses these words to describe this in Matthew 6, The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, you're how great is the darkness. Here, then, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Here's what he's telling us. Our eye is a lamp. It's either full of light or it's full of darkness. The way that I see, some translations say singular. The way that I see, the, what that I'm, the things that I'm looking at, what the ways in which I'm perceiving things and looking at things will tell me if my life is going to be filled with light or if my life is going to be filled with darkness. If I'm so focused on everything else that I'm not looking at the radiance of the Lord, I'm missing it. When Pastor Dennis was having a celebration of life service, nobody talked about the darkness of the world. Nobody talked about how turbulent times have gotten. There was just a whole mess of people talking about the light that Dennis Turner shined on planet earth. Amen? How much time do we got? I got lots more. Okay. Well, here we go. Matthew 25. I'm just real quick. I'm just going to skim it. I'm going to skim through this. How do you keep that light burning? You may ask. How do we keep the light burning? Jesus gives us a word in Matthew 25. In Matthew 24, he tells us signs of the times. Hey, here's how you're going to know the signs of the times are coming. He talks about all these things. Here's how you're going to know the son of, the man, son of man is on the precipice of, of coming. And he'll lay out the signs of the times. In Matthew 25, he gives some different uh, parables, talents, all these different things that he gives parables of. But he gives these, this one parable of the ten bridesmaids. Some will say it, the ten virgins. Ten virgins, ten bridesmaids. Ten feast. Jesus, bridesmaids, five were wise. Just the idea of the parable is that they set out to a wedding feast Jesus says that five were wise, five were foolish. They were all dressed for the occasion. They had the necessary equipment that they needed for the journey ahead. So they had lamps, they had oil, they had their wicks. They were ready to go to this wedding feast. And the groom took too long to get there in their minds, right? He was tearing a little bit. It was taking some time. And in the meantime, when he wasn't there, when they thought, it says they all fell asleep. And at midnight, a trumpet sounded and a cry is made that the groom is coming and that there's a time to go now and meet him. That midnight cry wakes up all 10 of these bridesmaids and they all get up to start and trim their lamps. They all start to turn on their lamps. The five wise bridesmaids took with them extra oil in their vessels. The five foolish did not take extra oil. The five foolish bridesmaids got up and they asked the five wise ones, will you please share your oil with us? We can't get our lamps on. We can't get our lamps to turn on. And the five wise said, no, we will not. If it will not be enough for either one of us. Our own selves and what we will give to you 
if we give it will not be enough for either one of us. So go to people who sell oil and buy it for yourselves. And as they were leaving with him, they went into the bridegroom, the groom arrived. And as they were leaving with him, they went into the wedding banquet. The other five foolish ones returned and they began to knock on the door, Lord, 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 let us in, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. And the Lord answered, very truly I say unto you, I do not know you. And I would, would not be a good shepherd if we didn't have hard conversations in the church. I wish every story would say, and they lived happily ever after. But there's a reality of the kingdom of God where he's laid it out, and he's going, look, you've got time, but you've got to choose me. As so I was reading this story, one of the things that kind of came into my heart was, if you know a little bit about first century Jewish cultures and the weddings, there was kind of different stages to the wedding, but, and now they're getting ready to go, they've been married, they just had a big the kind of big party, and now they're getting ready to go back to the groom's house for the feast, and the bridal party is supposed to come out with lanterns and line the path so that the groom and the bride can walk to where they're supposed to walk to. And one of the things that I noted in this is that all of these bridesmaids had everything that they needed, or so they thought. They all looked the same. They had the, the, the same lamps. They, they, they had oil in their lamps. You wouldn't be able to tell a difference between them except there was one crucial, critical thing. Five of them were like, we're gonna bring along some extra oil. It didn't say the five, uh, five foolish bridesmaids were deep, dark sinners. It didn't say that these five foolish bridesmaids were just out there partying it up and just living life and doing their thing. It didn't say that they didn't want to show up. It says they were there. They were waiting. They had the lamp. It looked good. It would seem that the five foolish and five wise that they all had the same thing except they didn't. See, Scripture says that the five wise went and purchased extra oil. Went and purchased extra oil. If you read through Scripture, what you'll find is that oil symbolizes the presence of the Lord or the Holy Spirit. And I've read a lot of commentary on this, but one of the things that I really took note was is that when we want the presence of the Lord over all of our other things, that it's gonna cost us some things. It's gonna cost us some time. It's gonna cost us to say, no, I'm not gonna give myself over to that. I'm gonna give myself over to the Lord. So these five wise bridesmaids said that we're going to give ourselves over because we want more of the oil of the Lord. We want more of the presence of the Lord. And these five foolish ones go, I think we've got enough. Yep, it's good. And I feel like this is what the Lord is saying to the church today. So I'm going to take a little bit of liberty here, but I, I feel like this way saying, we cannot play the game of going, I think this is enough to get me in. I think I've done just enough, enough to get me there. Because when the groom was delayed and never says wife, that just a little bit enough had all burned out. 
and they panicked. But the ones who went and bought the oil because they paid the price of saying, Jesus, you are my everything and I will set at your feet and I will be in your presence. I will be in your presence. They went into the marriage supper of the Lamb. Church, Jesus cannot just be someone. He has to be everything. Jesus cannot be just something. He has to be everything. We are. We're in the throes of it. We are in the throes of it. This parable that he's giving to us is, it may all look the same because we're all carrying our lanterns, but do we have the oil of the presence of the Lord to take us through? So here's what I wanna do, we're gonna close out. I just feel really challenged in my heart. Light has really two distinguishing purposes with it. It exposes and it illuminates. Light has an exposing nature. It's, it's why you go to a Motel 6, flip it on, and the roaches go everywhere, right? It exposes the places in our hearts that shouldn't be in there. It exposes some of the filth. And so I'm asking, would you allow the Holy Spirit to come in and expose some things in your heart? And the second nature of it is it illuminates. It walks into it and it brightens everything up. I'm asking, will you allow the Holy Spirit to come in and unveil your face that you may radiate the glory of the Lord to a dark world? I think in my heart, I know that today I need some exposing, but I also need some radiating in this place. I want to shine for Him. I don't want Him to be someone. I don't want Him to be something. I want Him to be everything. I'm just telling you because I love you. I love you. We're family to us. We mean it when we say it. I, I can't tell you. We mean it when we say it. You're family to us. And I want all of us to line when the bride comes and the, or the groom comes. And I want all of us to go into the marriage supper of the Lord through the light. And the way that I know that in these dark times, the way in which we fight and the way in which we war is through the light. And the way that we keep our lanterns lit is in the presence of Jesus and the radiance of the Lord. And I believe that today the Lord is saying it's time to fill up your lanterns. And it's time to get some extra oil. And it's time to carry it on you. And there's no more of do I have just enough? Is it just enough? There's no more of this getting by with just enough. He wants all of your heart. Today is that day. You guys, just close your eyes. I'm going to pray over us. The band's going to sing. And then I'm going to ask if you, if you need that extra oil today, asking for it, just fall on your face or in your chair or stand and just say, Lord, fill me up. I'm ready to give myself over. Clint, will you just dim those lights? Let's just make an attitude of prayer in the place. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. I pray today, God, that you would do some exposing in our hearts. Where Jesus, that light exposes the things that are still a little bit dark. And I pray, Jesus, that you would chase it out in your name. And then I pray, God, for the illuminating nature of your light that God, we would glow for you, that we would shine for you, that everywhere we go, somebody says, man, there's, there's a light about you. Today, today among you, there's a light that radiates from you. 
God, today, today, today is the day. We don't wait for tomorrow to get the extra oil. We don't wait for another day to fall into your presence. Today is the day we say, you can have all of me. You can have all of me. Today is the day we make that decision. I pray, God, for the heart this morning that they would get in that place, that posture, God, of their life to say, here's all of me. I want all of you. I don't want just a little. I want it all. I want the extra. Pour it out. Pour it out. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen and amen. Let's close out with this song. You can stand. You can sit. You can kneel. Let's go after the Lord. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.